What is up, family? It's Dr. Dale, the author of How to Raise a Doctor and the author of Pre-Med Mondays. Both books are available on Amazon.com, so make sure you grab your copies there and you're listening to the Black Men in White Coats podcast, the place where black male clinicians have the platform to share their stories with individuals like you. I am super excited about today's episode. Man, I, I say that because the information in this episode is just straight fire. It just is. Dropping knowledge left to right, wisdom everywhere, excellent guidance. If you're a young black boy, young black girl, pink, purple, blue, Latino, Asian, Haitian, African, whatever you are, you need to listen to this episode because the stuff in it is just so powerful and impactful. So much wisdom. I'm listening to it myself and I'm like, oh, wow, that's great. I need to write that down. That's amazing. Wonderful stuff. So this is one you're going to want to go back to and listen to for a second time and take notes on it. Okay. Because there's just so much wisdom in this episode. This episode is Dr. Jason Campbell. Dr. Jason Campbell is an anesthesiologist. Okay. Anesthesiologist. And one of the things I like the most that he says in this episode is, you know, people see me, they see that I look larger than life. I'm so full of energy. I'm so happy. I'm paraphrasing. You'll hear what he really says during the episode. I'm so happy. But then I realize that I've been through some challenges too. Same way they've, they've been through stuff, I've been through stuff too, right? So just just to have that frame of mind in the story, he brings you some of his baggage. He brings you some of his challenges. In the process, he's just dropping knowledge and dropping wisdom for you to grow from his experiences. It's amazing. So you're going to love it. Before we get into the episode, I, I did something that really hurt my heart. Just a little bit ago, I had to do it. I essentially shut down registration for the Black Men and White Coast Youth Summit because we reached our cap. And it's a great thing. I'm happy it's going to be a great event. We reached our cap. Tons of people are going to be there. But man, I tell you, people just started registering left and right. It went haywire. I had no idea it was going to go that fast. And I, you know, we set out, my goal was to register a thousand people. Blew right past that. And just the rate of increase with registration was just still going up and up and up. And, and I, we just reached our cap. It happened faster than I thought it would, faster than I thought it would. So I'm sorry that I had to do that, but capital B, capital U, capital T, but there is a wait list. So definitely still get out there and still sign up on that wait list because if somebody else drops out, boom, you move into that spot. So definitely get on there, get on that wait list. And again, this, this won't be the only time. This is only the first year. So first time we're doing it, hopefully you can get it. If you haven't registered, hopefully you can get through the wait list this time. But if not, hey, next time, right? So I'll see you next time, okay? But I'm super excited. It's going to be a great event. Tons of people registered. So it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of um, great experiences. And, and you know, my, my prayer to God is that we will impact lives in a very positive manner. That's what all this is about. We want to impact lives in a positive manner, all right? And finally, I want to make sure you guys all know about the pre-health market, prehealthmarket.com for all you pre-medical students out there. I know for me and for all the pre-meds I mentor, at least the vast majority of them, getting the resources you need to apply to medical school and be successful is one of the biggest challenges out there. You need your personal statement reviewed. You need some, some of you need MCAT strategy, which is actually a really big thing. Um, interview prep, mock interviews, all those things that you need to excel in the medical application process. But usually to get those services to get help, it's really expensive. Not anymore though. Pre-health market offers affordable services for pre-health specifically pre-medical students. So definitely get out there, check it out. We're talking $20, $30, $40 services to help you guys get the help you need to get into medical school. And this is coming from people who are experts, people who scored in the 99th percentile on the MCAT, things of that sort, okay? 
So make sure you check that out. All right. Back to the story. Dr. Jason Campbell. Amazing stuff. Grab your pen. Grab your paper. Take notes. Check it out. Hi, my name is Jason Campbell, and I'm a black man in a white coat. Here's my story. There are two themes that I want to hit on uh, in this podcast. First is the notion that I always ended up where I was supposed to be, even if I didn't realize that that's where I wanted to be at the time. Secondly, I also want to note that uh, this is a long journey where perseverance is not just a word, but something that's intertwined in one success. So going back to the first point, uh, my undergraduate education, thought I was going to end up at Brown University or at University of Pennsylvania, ended up at Emory University, became the captain of the track team, was a leader on campus in different uh, activities and involvements, exactly where I was supposed to be, although I didn't know that's where I wanted to be at the time. Next, medical school. My mother, she's faculty at Georgetown University. I'm from Washington, D.C. I went to Georgetown Day High School. I thought Georgetown University, that's where I want to be for medical school, GUMC. Ended at the Ohio State University College of Medicine, became president of the uh, medical school before I graduated, left with a, a warm impression, and that, that school really made me who I am. So once again, if that's not more evidence that I thought Georgetown, but I ended up at the Ohio State, and that's where I was supposed to be. Now, Portland, Oregon. Okay, we know Oregon is uh, arguably it's, it's uh, one of the least diverse states in the country. Okay, but me being there, getting a chance to enhance their diversity by one person and myself and enhance their diversity as I work to help bring other minorities there, uh, black men in medicine, uh, Hispanics, the LGBTQ population, I know that. I never thought 10 years ago that I would end up in Portland, Oregon, but this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. So I, you know, I try to just give you a few examples because I feel like in medicine, we have these very staunch, very uh, strong opinions of where we're supposed to end up. We say, oh, I, I have to go to that institution. Oh, I have to be that type of physician. Oh, I have to be a surgeon. Well, let me tell you, I dual applied for surgery and for anesthesiology. And you say, why? Why did you do this? Well, at the time, I was worried and my advisor was concerned that my board scores, so USMLE Step 1 and Step 2, may not be high enough for me to successfully get interviews for general surgery. So at this time, I was, I was pretty devastated. I was, I was upset by the fact that knowing I would have really strong letters of recommendation, that I would have really strong uh, persons to be able to speak to uh, my uh, my due diligence, to be able to speak to uh, my skills in the operating room, that all of that could be for none if they would never even see my application with low scores. And, you know, I think that a lot of people hear that and that's a tough, that's tough to hear. But, you know, I put the faith that I've continually had in this journey to remember, right? Well, maybe you're not meant to be a surgeon and that's okay. Or maybe you are, but step back and just be open. And when I talk, I hope you guys hear this um, 
theme of be open, be open to change, be open to uh, going someplace that you did not expect to go, but someplace that is uh, where you're meant to be. And so I do apply. And throughout the journey, I'm realizing that the anesthesiologists, the anesthesia residents, the persons I'm meeting seem to be more my people. But it also seems to be the specialty where I can serve and give back the most, the specialty that will allow me to facilitate things both in the operating room and facilitate things both in the hospital, but also to have time to do community outreach and to facilitate different uh, aspects of uh, my life, my career and my goals to help others. So here I am in anesthesia. So once again, an example where I thought one thing, but another thing happened. And this is just something that I think for um Black men in medicine, for minorities, for anyone really uh, applying and, and desiring to be successful, you have to be open and be willing uh, to not only uh, make change, but be willing to have the change that you make come in ways that you didn't expect it to come. Uh, and that's been one thing that I've been so blessed to see. So this journey, this journey is long and arduous, and there are going to be a lot of different um, hurdles that you're going to face and everybody faces a, a hurdle here or there, right? So for me, I can interview. Well, it's my, my biggest strength. I always prepare for an interview as though I'm not a good interviewer or excuse me, interviewee, but it's something that I'm, I'm very confident in now for exams and for tests. That's something that I don't always feel as confident in, but I have to remember that this might be my weakness. But somebody else has another weakness. And all that we can do is continually try to make our weaknesses stronger. Yes, turn our weaknesses into strengths. But at the very least, say, you know what? I used to be really weak and now I'm I'm less weak. It's more mild because that's something that I hear often. Oh, well, this is, you know, I'm not a great test taker and such. That's okay. But like my program director said to me, this is medicine. You have to take tests. You have to pass tests. I know there's a lot of deliberation right now around, you know, what the USMLE step one, the weight of that or the MCAT. How are they weighing that when it comes to admissions? And I I love to see the dialogue and to know that some of those scores certainly do decrease diversity and decrease diverse applicants. I think we've seen that in the evidence. But I also know that we can do it. I also know that it's possible that you can say, I never thought that I would, and I did, right? I'll give you an example. For my USMLE Step 2, it was a few days away from me finishing my surgical sub-internship at The Ohio State, and I get a phone call that said I did not pass. So this is my first time taking it. And of course, I mean, you speak about devastated. I mean, this was something that I was like, it's going to potentially change my whole. I mean, will I still graduate on time in four years? Am I still going to be able to apply into general surgery? Am I still going to be able to go do that away rotation at Wayne State at the DMC? Am I still going to be able to go do that away rotation at Hopkins? You know, a lot of things are going through my head when I got that phone call. And for the first 24 hours, I think that I was worried. I was concerned. Not that I think I know I was worried. I was concerned. I was saddened. But after 24 hours, I had to do something about it. 
had to get back on the horse, had to start studying again, had to reconfigure those away rotations, which luckily, you know, God is good. I was able to set all that stuff up. So I really didn't miss a beat. But believe me that there was some angst and anxiety associated with that time. But look at me now. Right. So we all go through things. And that's part of this journey. It's part of this journey in medicine. It's part of this journey as a minority in medicine. And it's certainly part of this journey as a black man in medicine. And so inevitably uh, restudy for the exam. Was able to pass a second time. And I mean, uh, I mean, by a very small number, <laughs> you know, if I may be honest. So I always think about that, how our journeys, right? Robert Frost, two, two paths diverged in the woods. I, I took the lesser path. And that's the reason that I am the man I am today, because one number, two numbers. Otherwise, that could have been another n- not pass. But it was a pass. I kept going. I went and interviewed for anesthesiology and and general surgery and continued on. But, you know, I I bring this up because everybody sees me and, you know, whether it's on Twitter or other forms of social media or they meet me and it's like, oh, man, this guy's happy. He's enthusiastic. He's jumping around. He's, you know, this large in life. But I've been through stuff, too. I've been through a lot of stuff. You know, a lot of people don't know that, you know, but perseverance. A desire to make it so that I can pull others farther than myself. That's the theme. That's what I want you guys to see. If it was easy, everyone would do it. My track coach used to say that. Coach John Curtin, Emory University. The 800 meters, half mile, tenacious race. He said, Jason, if it was, if it was easy, everyone would run the 800. Right. And that's something that I've applied to medicine, to medical school, to residency. If the hours were easy, everyone would do it. If studying after working for 14 hours a day were easy, everyone would do it. If facing your biggest fear of the MCAT were easy, everyone would face it. But it's not. And that's one thing I also talk about sports times education, right? Using sports as one's platform to catapult yourself into a career that's fulfilling. You'll see this in some of my writings and just one of the pieces I'm very passionate about because I feel like in the minority community, it's so important. We're we're, we're supposed to be great athletes, but why don't we also make it so that we're supposed to be great physicians Great scientists, great researchers. There's so much potential for minorities in medicine and for increasing the numbers of black men in medicine. But we have to help make that come to fruition. Because no one else is going to look out for us if we're not looking out for ourselves. Right? Mother was the first African-American female to get a Ph.D. in epidemiology in the country. Lucille Adams Campbell, she's big time. I bring her up because when people ask her, well, why did you, you know, what was your impetus? What was your reason for doing the research in minority health that you do? 
she was just a black girl that grew up in Washington, D.C., in southeast Washington, D.C., in the hood, that saw a gap and saw no one doing anything about it and realized that she needed to do something about it, right? There was a deficiency, and she wanted to to fix it because she wasn't going to leave it up to somebody else. And that's what this whole minority in medicine, black men in medicine is about. There's a deficiency. There is a gap between the numbers of black men in medicine versus white men in medicine versus other races and ethnicities. And we are the ones that we've been waiting for. We're saying, hey, we're here to fix this. We're here to help combat this issue because we know diversity saves lives. We know that together we're stronger. We know that we can make a difference, but we have to make it first individually. And so to all of my black men in medicine that are listening to this or my future black men in medicine, it's so important for you to realize that every day matters. Are you doing what you need to do today so you can do what you want tomorrow? And and I know when you're when you're in Manassas, Virginia, on Sudley Road in a Starbucks at 11 p.m. on a Friday night with your MCAT book open, I know that can feel lonely, that can feel closed-minded. But I'm I, I've been there, others have been there. I'm only telling you that because that's something that I experienced firsthand. Right. But sometimes that anonymity, that being closed off from the world in a way to pursue your dreams and your passions is such an exciting time because not only are you studying, but you're also reflecting. And all that reflection and introspection is going to make you a better physician, a better researcher, a better scientist. There is so much potential in this world, potential for you, for me, and that potential we're going to reach if we work together, if we come together and recognize that we all have different hurdles that we've overcome to get to where we are. And wait, wait, more hurdles that we're going to face in the future. So. Inevitably, it's all about priming ourselves and getting ourselves ready for the hurdles that we will face. Asking for help. Why is it in our community asking for help is frowned upon or it, it's it, people find it so difficult? You're worried about looking weak or you're worried about somebody perceiving you as as less than them. I'll tell you one thing. If you don't ask for help, you may not look weak, but inevitably, if you don't get to where you want to go, who loses in the end? You do. Right? The All of my success that I have obtained to this point is due to asking for help. I asked for help when I was an undergrad. I asked for help when I was in my master's program. I asked for help when I was in medical school. I asked for help as a resident. As an attendee, I'll ask for help. One day, if I'm so lucky to be program director or chair, I'm going to ask others for help to make sure that my program, that my department is running smoothly, efficiently, and serving those that are equally 
blessed but less fortunate. But that's a common theme. We don't want to ask for help, and we need to stop that. Ask for help, and then when others ask you for help, help them. It's really beautiful because maybe you help me study for exams. I help you prepare for interviews, and then we both succeed. And then imagine how that will expand, 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 and see that we will increase the numbers of black men in medicine, increase the number of minorities in medicine, have more of us to serve people that look like us. Because I'll tell you, the best experience I ever had, I walked into Portland. I'm in the Portland Veteran Affairs Hospital, the Portland VA, and it's uh, this tall African-American gentleman is sitting on the stretcher on the gurney. And I walk in and I greet him. I'm Dr. Campbell. Please call me Jason. And he just, he looks at me. He says, I am so glad to see you. You'd never forget times like that. It makes all of it worth it. It makes all the hardship, the frustration, the sadness, the emptiness, the headaches and the heartaches worth it. So be ready for perseverance. Tuck that in your pocket. You're going to need it. Know you're going to face some hardships, but it'll be worth it. What did my coach say? If it was easy, everyone would do it. It's a really special calling. I don't even want to say career. It's a really, it's a calling, right? Because I feel like there's no way with the adversity that I faced that it could be anything less than a calling to be here right now, to be a resident physician and a wonderful department of anesthesiology. And you'll be there too. Or you're already there and you help me get to where I am. Right? So be passionate. To be a minority in medicine and to be one of so few, especially as a black man in medicine, we need passion, energy, enthusiasm. To make up for the le- lesser numbers. We need passion, energy, enthusiasm, determination. Those are all key ingredients to who I am. Who, what makes me up. What makes me tick every day. Why I wake up with this energy to serve those that look like me. And to serve those that don't look like me. And just show that this guy is a fantastic resident physician. This guy cares about his patients. This guy does the right thing when no one else is watching. That's going to be you someday, or that's already you. And we're partners in this. Never stop believing in your success. My name is Jason L. Campbell, and I'm a black man in medicine. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Campbell. Now, was I lying? No, I wasn't. So the start of the episode, I told you this was going to be amazing. Now, tell me that was amazing. Tell me that was not amazing. Absolutely was. One of my favorite, I wrote down a few things, okay? Because he said a lot of great things, but I say two things that I really liked that he said. Two things. One of them was diversity saves lives. 
diversity saves lives because people wonder, you know, Dr. Dale, why do you stay up late at night when people are sleeping? Why are you working on this summit? Why are you, why are you working on, on these podcasts all the time? You know, why are you doing all these things? And it's because what Dr. Campbell says, because diversity saves lives. I never thought about it in that perspective until he just, I, I mean, we knew, we knew it, but I never heard anybody state it that simply, simple. Diversity saves lives, period, point blank, period, right? And I love how it just framed it. That's why it's so important that we're doing the things that we're doing right now. So thank you for that little audio bite sound step, Dr. Campbell. That was amazing. Everybody needs to remember that diversity saves lives. That's why we do this, okay? And the second thing he talked about is something that a lot of people say, but I like the story he put behind it, is if it were easy, everybody would do it. If it was easy, everybody would do it. That perseverance, right? He talks about when he was a, a college track star and his coach would always push him on that, that perseverance. You need perseverance to get through the field of medicine. You absolutely need perseverance to get through the field of medicine, right? And I always think back to the Bible verse. It, it escapes my mind which verse it is right now. I think it's somewhere in First or Second Peter. I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, somebody message me and correct me. But it's a verse that says something along the lines of, you know, we go through suffering and suffering brings perseverance and perseverance brings character so it, I, I probably said that completely wrong so forgive me but anyway send me a message and correct me um but you know that that's what it's about if it were easy everybody would do it so you gotta stick in there it's gonna be hard you're gonna have rough times he talked about his challenges with step two which for for people who aren't having gone through medical school yet step two is a big exam it's a very important exam right but he overcame it and now he's an anesthesiologist you know, he's, he's, well, he's a resident still, but he's still, he's in training to become an anesthesiologist. It's living the dream. He's living what the thing that he set out in his, in his vision. You know, most people would, I don't, I don't want to say die because that's not the case. Most people would go through extreme measures to become an anesthesiologist. And he had a blip in the road, a little speed bump he had to go over, but he overcame it. And now look at him. He's doing the field that a lot of people, pulled your hair out to try to get into right he's setting himself up for a great lifestyle right so don't let these things hold you back don't let these things hold you back and i remember dr daryl gray said it in his episode if you guys haven't checked it out go back and check out dr daryl gray's episode it was one of the most listened to episodes so far and he said setbacks can be setups for comebacks and that's exactly what dr campbell experienced there so anyways just amazing stuff in here I love it. I love it. I love it. Dr. Jason Campbell, kudos to you, my brother. Thank you so very much for being on this episode. Phenomenal stuff. Just drop wisdom left and right. All right. So for those of you who are making it out to the Black Men and White Coat Summit, I am super excited. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys at the summit. Come up to me, shake my hand, tell me you're a podcast listener. That would make my day. For anybody who wants to check out the worksheets, make sure you go grab a worksheet to, for these episodes, www.blackmanandwhitecoats.org backslash worksheets. And you'll be able to grab the worksheets for Dr. Jason Campbell's episode and all the previous past episodes. All right. Make sure you grab these worksheets, having your kids do them, work through them with your kids helps with comprehension. Although it's not reading, you're learning with the audio comprehension, which is very, very, very important. As my son is in the second grade and coming home with his comprehension assignments, it just reminds me of the importance of doing things like this and actually having a worksheet to go along with these episodes. Okay, so very, very important stuff there. Need to reach me, premeds? You know where to find me? Premedstar.com. Send me a message on premedstar.com. Please, you can connect with me on different social media outlets too. That is great, but I will be much more likely to respond to your message in a timely manner. 
on premedstar.com, right? Because that's where I do all my pre-medical mentoring work there. All right. Thanks for listening to the episode. I hope you got a lot out of it and love you guys.